joining me this Saturday. We're going to hear two stories from the witch's tale this week, or maybe more like one and a half stories. Eric wrote in, wanted to hear In the Devil's Name, a story done in two parts. Only the first part has survived. So we're going to hear that one last. You'll have to make up your own ending. Before that, though, we'll hear Physician of the Dead, a complete story from November 8th, 1934. Louis Duprécy, 
which concludes the list of the 46 today executed for prison against the Republic of France. Oh, 
I see someone who likes this one. Someone who will tell you that I've only lost my daughter. But John, citizen, tell these people that you know me. Ready? She's looking at you. But John, citizen Albert, for God's sake, tell them that you know me. Oh, citizen Albert. Albert. Now on, we know you. Your smooth white hands tell what you are. <laughs> I know her well. You never saw her before. Silence. You can identify this woman, Tim. She's a friend of mine, a very old friend. Aren't you, Solange? Yes, yes. We are very old friends, Monsieur Albert. You see, citizens, that I've told you the simple truth. Monsieur Albert here will tell you that I'm merely the daughter of Madame Le Pierre de Londres. And as good a patriot as any of you. It's true, isn't it, Monsieur Albert? It is just as you say, my dear Solange. You did not tell us before that your name was Solange. You never asked me for my given name. But that is it. Solange Le Dieu. Isn't it Solange Le Dieu, Monsieur? Yes, yes, yes. Solange Le Dieu. My mother is a laundress, isn't she? Yes, your mother is a laundress. And we live on La Rue de Moulin. Remy, as you love your life. On the Rue de Moulin. You see, citizen, everything is as I told you. Now, please let me go. Well, since this citizen identified you, why does the daughter of a laundress have such white hands? Why does she say monsieur like the Aristotle instead of citizen? That's the sign for the No, no. I identify this girl, I tell you. And who will identify you? Oh, he looks like an aristocrat. Yes, make him sorry. Make him to a side of the I'll identify him. I'm all back for you. Take your hands away. I have a friend in Paris who will identify us all. A friend who himself needs no identification. Since you insist we go with you, take us to the home of Danton. Danton? You're a friend of Danton? Take us before him and learn for yourself. No, Danton. We're all all right. No friend of Danton's will kill an aristocrat. Leave Danton! Last the name you have already given me so much that I shall not tell you any other until you take me home. Where is your home? Not from a rue de Morin, of course. Oh, but it is. And in the house of Madame Le Dieu, the laundress. 
But I am not her daughter. She was my servant. You have risked your life to save mine, Monsieur Albert. It is worth my life to have met you, Mademoiselle Dumont. It was nice of your friend to remember an appointment so that you could bring me to my door alone. Now that we are here... Perhaps you will tell me why you called on me, an utter stranger, in your time of need. Because I... Because your eyes were kind. Your face was not inflamed with hate. I am of the people who hate. Of the people who have gone mad with liberty. You are of them, perhaps, but not like them. And you? You are not like the aristocrats whom I have known. What is your name? You said you would tell me here. I was going to Charlotte de Croisel. I do not like that name as well as Solange. And I do not like Dr. René Ledreux as well as I do Albert. Then it shall always be Solange and Albert. Oh, did I say that we would meet again? Oh, but we must. You will need my help. Perhaps we shall meet. But not for any help that you might give. No. No, we must never meet again. The Comtesse Charlotte de Croisel is a dangerous person for you to know. Goodbye. Oh, please wait. I only know Solange. You must forget Solange. Please release my hand, Monsieur Albert. I must go in. My father will be worried. You did not tell me your father was in hiding here. I tell you now to show you how much I trust you. For his life to me is more precious than my own. You cannot escape from Paris any more than I can. You could both escape from Paris if you had a path to take you beyond the city gates. I can secure you passes. Thank you. One who is a friend of Danton must possess great influence, I know. But even he could not save you if it was suspected you had aided such as I. Sooner or later, your arrest is inevitable. And investigations can have but a single ending. I know. But my father and I will take our chance. You did not think of the danger I might run tonight when you asked my help? No. I did not know you then. Sauvage. Tomorrow... I shall have a pass for both your father and yourself. My daughter and I can never thank you. Monsieur le Dr. Leroux. Your passport is for Pierre Fouchier, a tailor. And he would never say, Monsieur. You must remember, Father. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Citizen. Citizen. I must seem a good Republican. I'm sorry I could not secure you and your daughter a passport for the same destination. But I was compelled to accept whatever I could get. You, Monsieur le Comte, will leave France by way of Toulon. You, mademoiselle, will take the ship to the half. You will be reunited in England in a month. But, monsieur, if it should be discovered that you secure those passports for us... As long as Danton rules, I have nothing to fear. Monsieur, you must be starting. Yes, you must go, father. I hate to leave you, my child, but you will join me soon in London. Mademoiselle will leave here within the hour. 
It would be dangerous for you to leave the house together. Yes, yes, I know. Goodbye, my child. Goodbye, father. Goodbye, Dr. Little. And thank you. Thank you. What I have done has been a privilege and a happiness. Let me open the door, father. You must waste no more time. Listen to those dogs out there. They are dogs who will bite if you do not take care, even though you have a passport. Remember to say, and a Pierre Boucher, the tailor, do not wash too often. Au revoir, and God bless you both. He's gone. Albert, open the window. Let me see him as long as I can. You are not losing him for long. No one molests him. No one tries to stop him. Albert, you have saved his life. In the hour, you too will be leaving Paris. No, I'm not leaving. Solange, you are tearing up your passport. Stop. For my father's life, you have forfeited your head. While you remain in France, I say your prayers. You can't but foolish gratitude. It isn't only gratitude. Solange, you... You mean... I love you, Albert. Oh, my dear. I never dared to dream, to hope. Oh, my darling. Take me in your arms. My sweet Solange. My sweet Solange. I order of the Republic, the list of 51 today executed in the Place de la Revolution for crimes against liberty. such a bridegroom. Darling, during the ten short weeks of our marriage, you've done nothing but attempt to send me away from you. <laughs> Are you so terribly anxious to lose me? If I should lose you, darling, I couldn't go on living. And I'm so afraid, Solange. So terribly afraid. But there's nothing to be afraid of. For nothing can ever part us, dear. Somehow, I feel that not even death could separate us very long. From disillusion itself, my love would come to you, and yours to me. Yes. From dissolution itself, little wife. Take your arms from around my waist. I'm not your wife at all. You wedded a frivolous young person named Solange Lesnar to marry. A young person whom I've heard doesn't even exist. <laughs> You've been misinformed. <laughs> it's a haughty contest named Charlotte de Crozel who doesn't exist. <laughs> As a Republican... I would never have married her anyway. <laughs> Do you know why I called you Solange when we first met? Of course. You had to think Christie. And it was the first name that popped into your head. Oh, no, no. When I saw your lovely face, 
I thought it all out in the hundredth of a moment. I said to myself, there is a radiant angel come to earth. Sauvage. <laughs> it was clever of me, wasn't it? Awfully clever in the hundredth of a moment. <laughs> Do you still think me a radiant angel after these ten long weeks of marriage? I think you are everything that's good and beautiful. To me, you are the sunrise, the flowers and green woods, the song of the birds, and the springtime. And you to me a God and heaven. Oh, my dear one. What was that? It's a Monsieur Lamartine dog upstairs. I've never heard him howl like that before. He's, he's alone now. Now, Martin often leaves him alone. You're so busy with your scientific work at the cemetery that you don't hear much that happens out there. The dog knows that Monsieur Le Martin will never come home again. What do you mean? At one o'clock this afternoon, he was arrested. He was tried and condemned to two and executed at four. Le Martin, our neighbor. That settles it. You must join your father in London at once. Will you come with me? I am in no danger here, and I cannot leave my work. And Martin thought he was in no danger. And is your work more important than your life? Yes, because it may save many lives. It may waken the consciousness of men. Soon I may be able to demonstrate that, in a so-called Christian world, capital punishment can have no place. To prove that, after death from the guillotine blade, for a time the brain lives. For a time the brain still lives? Oh, don't talk of it out there. It's too horrible. Oh, I'm sorry, darling. I fear my theories are becoming rather obsession with me. I am truly becoming what the newspapers call me, physician of the dead. But you must join your father without any more delay. Good heavens, I forgot. A letter from him arrived today addressed to my laboratory as usual. Give it to me, Albert. What did father say? I didn't open it. I was busy when it came and I just stuffed it into my pocket. Oh, here it is. Wait. What's the matter? This letter has been tampered with. You mean someone has opened it? Look. The seal has been cut off with a knife and carefully glued back into place. Someone has read this letter. Father is always very careful. There'll be nothing written here to do us any harm. That makes no difference. The fact that it was opened proves that we are under suspicion. Solange. You must leave Paris tonight. Only if you'll go with me. Very well. We leave together. Can you secure a passport? I'll go to Danton at once. As long as he rules Paris, I can have whatever I request. Long live Danton! Long live Rose! What are they shouting? Open that window. They cry. Death to Danton. What has happened? What's the news down there? Danton has been arrested. No, no, Danton has been arrested by only, my only friend. Oh, Stop pacing the floor, Reddy. 
and try to pull yourself together. Danton's in prison, to be sure, but the man's a lion. Even that top Robespierre can't keep him from having his day in court. Oh, I know, I know, I know, but in the meantime, Solange is in deadly danger. In Danton, by her only safety. You tried every other avenue to secure passport? Yes, my attempts were useless. I'm known as Danton's friend. And Robespierre now holds the reins of power. Still, all your worry may be in vain. Her father's letter may never have been opened at all. And anyway, you say there was nothing in it to arouse suspicion. No. He wrote most godly as always. Oh, perhaps I am making a mountain out of an ant heap. But Camille, if anything should happen to Solange, I... I know, René, I know. But nothing will happen to her. Oh, I shouldn't have left her to come here to the cemetery. I shouldn't have left her for an instant. On the contrary, the only wise thing was to come to your work as usual and leave her at home. If you are under suspicion, to show the slightest fear would condemn you utterly. It's almost six hours since I left her. Can't I go home now? No. You must not leave here before your usual time. Uh, here comes the death wagon. Our daily supply of material is approaching. I can't bear to look at it. To even think of it today. You're a physician, Rene, a scientist. Take hold of yourself. You must not let the driver see you looking upset. Fine. I'll be all right. Hey! Citizen Doctor, your daily point is here. <laughs> you let them in, Camille. Open the door, Citizen Doctor. Come in, Citizen Executioner. Well, you've taken time enough about it. <laughs> Our physicians of the dead would have opened their door sooner had they known the splendid Christown Millers turned out for them today. That's <laughs> so. Ninety-three, no less. And soon we're to operate on the citizen Danton. He'll be as pleasant a morsel for Madame la Guillotine as was Louis Capet, who called himself a king. Or his wife, the Austrian woman. <laughs> she was a cool one, though, as she lay upon the plank. <laughs> but her head made the same sound as any other woman's as it fell into the basket. <laughs> I heard that flow just a hurry. Stop! For God's sake, stop, Rennie! Well, what is wrong with you, citizen physician of the dead? Uh, Dr. LeBou is unwell. Pay no attention to him. Eh? Unwell, eh? Such a sickness is dangerous for he who cannot rejoice in the death of tyrants. He insults the Republic. We have a cure for that illness. Yes. A broad knife and a buck. Excuse the doctor, please. I assure you he meant nothing. Uh, you've left the bodies in the usual place? Yes, they're in the pit outside. Orders are not to cover them up till morning. It's a chilly night. <laughs> I hope they won't catch cold. <laughs> but this sack of heads we're leaving here with you. They're delicate and need the warmth. <laughs> Good night, citizen doctors. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> We're leaving you plenty of company. Oh, the beast. The foul, filthy, slimy beast. Quiet, Rene, for God's sake. I can't stay here with that awful fact tonight. I must go home. I must join for long. No. For her sake, you mustn't leave so soon. Come on. Work will drive the worry from your mind. I'll try Ninety-three heads fell today. Oh, forget the horror. 
And think what we do. Perhaps, through such a large number of specimens, we shall find the proof we seek. But hurry, the consciousness we see the severed brain retains can't last long. I'll prepare the instruments. You select the specimens. I cannot put my hand into that sack tonight. Science should come before everything, Rene. You're my master. You know best what to choose. I... All right. If we are to work at all, it must be done at once. Oh. Oh, how awful they are. Touch. Here was an old woman. Here was a child. Stop it. They are merely specimens. Yes. Yes, merely specimens. Oh, Rene? In that sack, something moved. I felt warm lips upon my hands. It may be the consciousness, the proof we seek to Camille. It felt almost like a kiss. Elsie. What's that? Elsie. She's calling me. She must be outside. I'm coming here. Solange. Solange, where are you? She's not out here. Elsie. Solange, where are you calling from? Here. Rene. The voice comes from that staircase. The sack? No. No, no. Yes. Oh. Oh, God help me. I must see. Lunch. Even in death, I love expense can a tomcat have? Meow. You say ask any tabby cat. Meow. <laughs> All right, Satan. If it'll help you to economize on milk, fish head, and catnip tea to hear a Scotch story, old Nancy'll be happy to oblige. And what's more, she's going to tell you one that's absolutely true. 
Yes, sir. The main points of what you're going to hear now, strange as it may seem, can all be found set down as facts in the court records of old Scotland. Everyone douse their lights so as we'll have it nice and dark. Ah, that's it. Now drop to the fire and gaze into the embers. Gaze into them deep. And soon you'll see back through time to the year of 1662. Soon you'll see inside the kitchen of a farmhouse. Soon you'll hear an angry man talking. Soon you'll know what happens when you call in the devil's name. <laughs> in the devil's name. <laughs> We all do respect you, Mr. Gordon. As my lad of Park, I cannot become. Not just to be accomplished by your anger, John Gowdy. Your wife remains fast in yon room where she locked her cell, and each mad cry you make gives a fresh determination to come out no more amongst us. The stubborn wench had a rang to reason with her. A stout rat across the back is what she needs. The devil spawn. Oh, John, please didn't speak so, my sister. Do you say it with her? I take no vicar for her pauper relatives. This is getting nowhere. I offered to come and reason with your wife or her unbecoming conduct. But since you give me the opportunity, displaying my time as wasted. Did I reach for your hat, Mr. Gordon? Well, I can the favor you've done to me, a simple farmer, by coming to this house but to help me in my trouble. I mean no disrespect to you in my anger, but but I cannot control myself when I turn that woman's crime. Three Sabbaths in a row she's acted in the sinful manner. Three Sabbaths in a row she's refused to gang with me to Kirk. And no, again, this next, when there was a special prayer meeting, she flaunted her God and my husbandly authority and stayed away for a holy Presbyterian service. She must have a reason she will not tell us. A reason for such black crime as that? The only reason she could have is that which Master Harry Forbes gave out this next when he looked down for his pulpit and climbed her empty pew. What did he say? You heard him. He said, When this dinner come to get three Sabbaths in a row, and again for special prayer meeting must be out upon the devil's business. Mm, such words are dangerous coming for the pulpit, particularly the that our countryside is plagued with witchcraft. And a fine thing it is for me, the richest farmer in Aldean had to be cried upon by people as the husband of a witch. You intend to say such things. You both can will that Isabel is nothing of a kind. Such idle talk as this grows into fearsome tales. And should it come to the ears of the king's majesty? It would be a good thing, and they took it up to be worried at the stake. Would soon care about half the pride. John, I beg you. Enough of this. If you want, I should try fair talk with your wife, John Gaudy. You and Mr. Sunny gang out of the sight and hearing while I try to persuade her to open the, on the unlock yon door. Then I don't wish to be disturbed. Well, I go. But she's the devil's own. I can you have but small success. Come, John, please. All right. Mistress Gaudy, will you come out now? I'm here alone. I can you. These walls be thin and I heard all was said. I all I heard that I am the devil's own. A witch! Ha <laughs> ha! That my husband would like to take a rod to me. If he ever dared, I'd... I'd... <laughs> oh, won't you please come out and let me talk with you, Mistress Gowdy? Here I am, Mr. Gordon. You have more brain than my husband. 
And should know that talk is useless. I have better eyes than your husband also. And can see you're a beautiful woman with spirit. The kind I most admire. Is that your argument? Why I should gang to Kirk on Sabbath? One of my arguments. Let's hear the others. That one has no weight. Because I hadn't finished it, perhaps. You have a reason for staying home on the Sabbath, Mistress Gowdy? The reason is my own. Will you tell me if I guess it? Nay. I can, you will. Even though you didn't put it into words... Your better blood than your husband. It was a come down for you to marry him. I can your father made you for the money John possesses. What that to do with my staying away for Kirk? Much. Your husband is a miser. And the richest farmer's wife in all old Dean has nay a decent dress to wear. <laughs> I said you'd tell me if I guess. How dare you speak of it even though you are a laird. How dare you smile at me as the women smile when I pass amongst them in this old green rag. The only frock I own. <laughs> I'd rather they thought me a witch than feel their sneering eyes upon me one more Sabbath. I have guessed my reason. I'm ashamed. Ashamed to gang out of this house looking like a beggar. I didn't smile as the women do. I understand and sympathize because I am your friend. Friend? Such a thing I've never known. Yeah, you know one now. Dry your tears. You must believe me. Ah, oh, Mr. Gordon, I'd like to believe you. I'd give anything to have a friend, anyone, anything, some living creature I could talk to, lean on. My sister loves me as I love her, but she's too young to realize the way I feel. And I am nobody else. Uh, I'd like to be... Mistress Gowdy, you have me for friend... And I shall prove my friendship. I prove more. I can give you pretty dresses by the score. Send you to Kirk in your own coach. And your neck and arms with precious jewels. That's why I asked to be alone with you this night. Not because I cared if you ever listened to the preacher of Master Forbes again. But because I'm mad about you, Isabel. Because I want you. No, 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 you want the goods that I can give you. And for them, you'll give yourself to me. No, 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 I want you. You wench. You struck me. I... And again you lay hands upon me, this kitchen knife will find its way into your filthy heart. Say, this is your friendship. <laughs> I might have known for all that's ever come to me has had its bitter price. Thank you, I would sell myself for a dress, some gaudy trinkets. And to you, another old man like my husband, nay. Once I have been sold. If I be again, it shall be for my own price. And to one who will set me high above such Beasts as you only wish me in the mire. Go, you old fool. Gang out to this house with your wrinkled, ugly body and your dirty soul. Gang out! Before I spit upon you. Uh, you'll pay for these insults to your better zine ere I gang away my loss. John! John Gowdy, come ye here! No, you would have me tell my husband what you just said. Uh, you tell him do. your tale. You tell him your tale and I'll tell mine. What do you mean? You call, Mr. Gordon. You convinced the wench that she must come to Nay! And from this night, nay, Kirk will have her. Master Forbes was right. She is the devil's end. A witch of hell. But no, she tried to play her wires on me. I made love to me, she did. Mr. I can you say that. But yon kitchen knife she holds is proof. She threatened to stab me with because I will not kiss her on her wand. Henny, yet. John, Henny, you cannot believe it. I believe anything, old devil's witch. You wouldn't have ganged a cuck, a spawn of hell. You bragged a damn a stretcher. Well, I strike you new upon your wanton face. Hey, oh. good... Aye, John. You struck me as I said you'd never dare. Isabel! Gangway, Annie. You struck me, John. But some way, somehow, I'll strike you back. I'll strike back. 
take at all of you for this. That you, my husband, who had cheated me as dirt. As you, my little park, who has traduced me with your lies. And that you, my sister, who stood with him against me. Isabel, I didn't. Three of you shall pay for this. Oh, what I were, the devil's witch that you accuse me. If I had the power of hell, I'd strike you dead before me. Now I can only pray that God will curse you all. I curse you, curse you, curse you all. Come on, come in that room. Isabel, don't lock me out. Let me in, help. Come here, keep the to thee no more. Thou hast never listened for the time I was a bairn. And they say I am the devil's witch. Oh, to hear the credit as well as hear the name. Oh, to hear the power they say the devil gives his aid. To the foul black fiend of hell I pray for torment and all them who've hurt me. In the devil's name I curse them. In the devil's name. At thy service, Mistress Cardin. Who are you? One who was prompt in answering worthy prayers. Whence came he in this room? In the well-known place thou mentioned but a moment past. You... you are... The name I most prefer is Lucifer. Especially when I deal with ladies. It uh, hath a more romantic sound than my other titles, don't you think? Get you gone. I did not really mean to call upon you. Oh, of course you did. And if thou shouldst send me away before we really become acquainted, thou wilt never forgive thyself. No, no. <laughs> Be not afraid. Look at me fair as I stand revealed in this gentle moonlight. I'm not at all the hideous creature thy good church folk imagine. Not a young man, straight and tall. Rather handsome, am I not? I walk and turn around and bare my head. Thou seest no suggestion of cloven hoof or tail or horns. In fact, I'm the sort of young lover thou hast often dreamed would come to thee some day. They are great, dark, piercing eyes. They are the handsomest man I've ever seen. Thou art hungry for love as well as power and vengeance. Wilt have me for thy lover? Your deep black eyes seem to burn into my soul. Far into thy heart, which is more important than the soul with women. Wilt have me, Isabel, and give thyself to me? Not simple frocks and gaudy trinkets do I offer. I will set thee over them who wish thee in the mire. Glow in wondrous eyes. They'll give thyself to me, soul and heart and body, forever and forever, in exchange for power and vengeance. I swear it in my name. I swear it in your name, the devil's name. <laughs> and that's not even us the price you'll pay. Where will she be none unless you will it so? Except this mark I place on all my own. I brand it on my shoulder with a kiss. Your lips burn. Yet with a fiery thrill thou longest wanted. Aye, a thrill that means new life. A life quite different from thy past. But rebirth hath just begun. Now for thy first sweet taste of vengeance and the power witches know. Come, we go to where my court on earth holds revel. Where? To the Dooney Hills. I'll go over there. Two windle straws blow in thy window. Seize one as I do and place it twixt thy feet. It's done. Then hark thou to the charm I speak. Horse and haddock, mount and go. Horse and haddock, be it so. In the devil's name. We sit bestride two horses. Steeds that mount from out my window to the sky. We are two mighty forces. Lords of earth, both you and I. I am a witch in credit having fame. And I, by the power of my master's name. Look yonder, 
Here I turn again. To the downy hills my horse descends. With speed of thought we've traveled here. Thought is another name of mine, my dear. Our steeds are light on earth once more. They change back to the straw as they were before. <laughs> well, what think you of this place, my Isabel? The hills are thick with dancing forms. Human folk, I see. And fearsome creatures, not earth. Oh, be not afraid. For which a warlock, fiend, or demon, all here do call me master. Kneel, kneel all, and make obeisance. <laughs> here I am God. Here is my heaven. Look ye on my kingdom, woman. I see, but awful ugly, Mr. Boot. Ah, ye too have lost your handsome looks, now the monster that men call Oh, nay, nay. Gaze deep into mine eyes again and see that I am beautiful. Burn deep into my heart. And thou dost not repent thy bargain. Did repent. Then enter in thy glory. Rise, ye witches, warlocks, usurers. Rise, all who are my subjects, and hail the newest of thy number. Now thou shalt have a servant, sweet. Good Reaver, come. Oh, are we a demon? Shoulder. So be thy slave. Invisible once we leave this place to all human eyes but thine. Fear him not. He's thy familiar spirit. Asmodus. Bring here my subject, Bessie Ball. Bessie Ball. I can that oh, Thou shouldst in all there, and she is thy neighbor. And she is. She is mine as thou art. <laughs> I will find many acquaintances here who have long been in my service. You called for me, great master. I, I have worked for the old best. Because of all my older and Corbin, thou art the ugliest and meanest. <laughs> that makes the beauty in my master's eye. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it's true. Now, Mistress Isabel, for the vengeance I have promised. Mr. Gordon, Laird of Park, shall be the first to feel thy hate. I wish to feel thee. Ah, wait. Death marks the end of worldly pain. Men must live to suffer truly. Hearken now to the devil's way of torture. The fool is vain and haughty. He delights to boast of his conquests or fair women. In that most tender spot, we'll turn our dagger. Bessie Bald, through thou a potent love charm for this Gordon Laird of Park. It is my will he marry thee. Nay, nay, I didn't like the man. I'll torment him in your wish with pleasure, but I want him nay for husband. <laughs> thou art particular, my toothless hag. Toothless I may be, and ugly. But I have a right to choose my mate. Thou hast no right but what I will. Twas ne'er a bargain that I be wife of mine I hate. Silence! But the devil gives, he can also take away. Obey me not, and I bereave thee of thy power. I give thee to man's law to torture in the state. Nay, I do your bidding, master. Then be gone, be gone, all of you. Thou hast played enough tonight. Go back to the world and to my work. Strike of old best for thine enemy will serve thy hatred well when they are wed. You said you'd dear to the torture and the stake if she should fail you. Is it so that witches attain by man's law? <laughs> Think ye the faithful ones whom I protect ever suffer trial and burning? Oh, no, my innocent. I am a gentleman who looks after his own, so long as they do not cross me. Well, not so thoughtful. Thou and I shall never quarrel. But come again to our window straws. How we ride to make thy vengeance quite complete. No, we strike my husband. Uh, not yet. We call upon the laird of Park, for thou hast another pretty gift for him. What? <laughs> thou soon shalt see. 
Place the straw betwixt thy feet and say the charm I taught thee. Aye, horse and haddock, mound and go. Horse and haddock, be it so, in the devil's name. In the devil's name. Arise from earth, our horses stride. With speed of thought again we ride. Look down. We've reached the place you know. I see the horse of hawk below. To thine eyes I make a wall for dare. I see a layer golden sitting there. Take this knife and run thy head. Cut that lock of thine hair so red. I obey, but tell me why. Ha <laughs> You learn that by and by. Hover good steeds above this roof, and we'll put the power of a witch to proof. Gather thy hair down the chimney blue, then hark to the charm of my magic brew. With these hairs of light, may they leave a blight. Burn and pain, bone, flesh and vein, hair and maim and the devil's name. I see Mr. Gordon rise in torment, not sure upon his flesh, red spot. Red as thy hair, <laughs> red as the searing heat of flame he feels. Mental anguish is to come when he knows passion for old Bessie. Yet I did not wish to spare him all so anguish of the body. Oh, what wondrous pigeon she had given me. Oh, it's happy and it's... Aye, this will pay him for his hurt to me. I'm happy, happy, happy. I love thee for thy hate. Above all other human emotions, tis the one I find most satisfying. But the night is far advanced. I must return thee to thy home. Name? Can thee know we'll pay off John, my husband? Tis him I hate from most of all. What over-eager, my dear. Scores paid off too rapidly accumulate no interest. <laughs> and I should like his debt to mount. But I haven't neglected John altogether. I shall find him a greatly changed husband on the morrow. For henceforth thou shalt be the master. I, his master? That shall be the first portion of his punishment. And knowing something of women, I feel sure it will prove effective. Here we are. So soon. Our speed's just drifted here. Gaze through the window at thy husband. He's sound asleep. <gasps> And I am lying in the bed beside him. Yet I stand outside with you. <laughs> Another helpful charm my witches know. Before we left, I laid a broomstick underneath the coverlet. To all the world, when thou art absent, it appears as thine own self. See what power is in my name. Aye, the power I've always craved. And you say I pay no price. None. Unless you wish it so. Enter now. I take the broomstick from thy sleeping husband's side. Take now its place. Sweet dreams, my love. And sleep. I sleep. Your pain of price. I would do thee a favor. Sleep, my own. For now dost wish against my presence. Send Red Reaver thy familiar. Bid him fetch me in my name. In the devil's name. Thank you. <laughs> in the devil's name. Can you hear me call you? Aye, uh, Isabel, I'm here. Hereafter answer when I speak the first time. I'm sorry, Isabel. I dinna mean to vex you. Now mind your excuses. Get out and put the coos to bed. And dinna hurry back. I wish I had speech with my sister Anne alone. Aye, uh, Isabel, I again. <laughs> Isabel, whatever have you done to John to change him so? In a single week he's dropped all his bullying ways and become as neat as mice. If you were not my own blood sister, I'd say you were a witch indeed. And had wrought the change by devil's charms. But, of course, even Master Forbes has apologized for that dark hint he made a butcher for the pulpit. Aye, and the gossip of our neighbors has likewise turned about. Aye. They gaze upon me with respect at last. And John ain't bought you a new dress. Isabel, 
Do you think it could be my prayers that caused it all? Your prayers? I never had told you, but ever since you married John, I'd known how unhappy you were. So each nicked I prayed to God that your burden be made light. Oh, Annie, and I cursed you with the others on that nicked. You were beside yourself. I can't will you didn't mean it. Yeah, I didn't mean it. The words burst out without my knowing. Annie, you're the only thing I've ever loved. You do forgive me, friend of words. You can, I do. I've told you so for 50 times. Aye, but I cursed you in the devil's name. <laughs> that means not. It is just an expression that everybody uses. Aye, that's all. Annie, I wish to talk to you alone this night. I've got to talk to someone. What about? I... Annie, do you see a small red creature perched upon my shoulder? A small red... Tell me, do you see it? No. And here where I bear my flesh, do you see a mark that looks as if two burning lips had pressed there? I see not. I must have dreamt it all. Be still, dreaming. I didn't understand you. Never mind. Tis late in your hair an appointment with young Andrew Burns that walk upon the moor. Gang on. I would be alone. But then I stay old late. I will, now, Isabel. Wait. Tell me again what happened on that nicked a week ago, after John struck me and I went into your room. I've already told you so often, you must ken it no but tell it again, I'm trying to write things in my mind. Well, Mr. Gordon told John some more how you tried to make love to him. The old ninny. And John talked tie how he'd hear you before the magistrate for the shame you'd brought upon him. Then suddenly a funny look come over Mr. Gordon's face, and he burst out the whole truth of how he'd lied. Then he went home and John went into bed. Beside me? Of course. And you were sleeping like a stick of wood after all your temper. Then I went to bed myself, and that's all that happened, except I think the painful sickness that came on Mr. Gordon that night was a punishment for heaven for the harm he tried to do you. Aye, a punishment for heaven. Oh, I must have had a dream. Tell me of this dream, you prater. Tis me important. Can you gone? All right. Oh, I forgot to tell you the latest gossip for the village. It slipped my mind when I returned. <laughs> Isabel, you can old Bessie Ball. Bessie Ball? Aye, the ugliest body in all done. Well, it is hard to believe, but they say Mr. Gordon, despite his burden and sickness, was seen last night coming from her cottage. And Janet Murdoch, who happened by, swear she saw him kiss all best. There's an air dream I had. The truth. Isabel. Oh, you can't, sweet Annie. I never meant to curse you. Whatever is the matter, oh, Never you? mind. Go, gang out and leave me. Here's your shawl. But Isabel. Gang out. I wish to be alone. Here, kiss me first. Let me kiss you, my dear. No, go. Isabel. You should tell me what's There's the not to tell. Go and meet young Andrew. And come home soon. And safe. Oh, I must ken whether it was dream or no. For I cursed her in his name. I must know, but I'm feared. Bedriva. <gasps> ah, always at my shoulder you are. Yet none, no one else can see you. You can they see the burning mark placed on me by your master's lips. I must ken the truth. Tell him I didn't mean. Bedriva, fetch your master. I bid you bring him in the devil's name. Good evening, Mistress Isabel. You're here. And I'm not dreaming, do. Or am I? <laughs> my poor sweet. Thou hast been suffering from a delusion common to my new recruits. I and to some of my old ones. For no one denies the devil half so hard as those who know him best. Why didst thou not call me before to settle thy doubts? I was afraid. Ah, another delusion common to my subjects. But thou dost not fear me now as I stand before thy eyes. Ye are the handsomest man I've ever kenned. Yet when you're away, I cannot recollect your beauty. In my mind, you seem a monster, black and awful. Thine eyes shall never see me as does thy mind, unless ye will it so. That is what you've said about the price I pay for power. There shall be none unless I will it so. What did you mean by that? Uh, who knows what the devil means. Sometimes he doesn't know himself. Perhaps if he did, if he ever had, 
you would not have fallen down from paradise. <laughs> but come, what will you in my name tonight? All I ask in your name will begin. Paul, it is our bargain. It, it seems there was something I once asked that did not mean. Something that may trouble me. Some words I would take back again. Now you stand before me, I cannot recollect. You look upon me with your great dark burning eyes, and all I can is that I am your slave. Yet I cannot be a slave, for you made of me a master. <laughs> Perhaps what thou art striving to remember is thy curse upon thy husband, as thy hate for him abated. Nay, him still I curse. But there was someone else. Thou thinkest of the laird of Par. Nay, nay, him too I wish to suffer. Oh, then the errant thought you cannot bring to mind must be that final vengeance on thy husband is too long delayed. That must be it, my Isabel. For hate is all that matters to me. Hate for him who trampled on thy pride. Hate for him who struck thee. Hate, 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 Aye, hate. Hate is all that matters. Hate, hate, hate. Ah, come. We'll pay thy score to John. He must suffer like the lad of pot. He'll suffer more. You do. Hast ever seen men hunt the stag? First the great beast sights his foe. Then an awful terror turns and runs. The hunter follows, pursuing it through brambles, running streams, and over jagged rocks until its hide all torn, feet cut and bleeding, lungs bursting with exertion, heart but one great beat of fear. It's brought to bay and stands with hopeless, pleading eyes to meet the death it knew when the chase begun would be its fate. Has seen that, Isabel? <laughs> well, the stag is noble game, but the greatest hunt of all is man himself. We shall hunt thy husband so. He shall be the quarry, we the hound. Again thou art my true disciple. Come, we seek him out. Here, fix the broomstick in thy bed, so none shall know you leave the house. I lay the besom in the devil's name. It shall be as I, till I come home. Now clutch yon floating window straw. Fix my feet, I can it law. Horse and hattock, mountain go. Horse and hattock, be it so. In the devil's name. In the devil's name. Aha! Oh, the hunt where man is game. Hate or blame. Death to all I've cursed in the devil's name. <laughs> she forgot she cursed her sister, Satan. But you can make a little bet, old Lucifer ain't forgetting. <laughs> you folks got to wait till next week to hear the finish of this party, little yarn. And then you'll hear a Plenty about what happens when you call in the devil's name. <laughs> This concludes part one of the two-part drama of the 265th broadcast of The Witch's Tale, written and produced by Alonzo Dean Cole. The conclusion of uh, In the Devil's Name will be brought to you at the same hour next Friday evening. Your announcer is Roger Bauer. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Witch's Tale originally aired from May of 1931 to June of 1938. Over 300 episodes were produced. Not that many of them have survived. And sometimes, as you heard today, only part of them have survived. You can find more from The Witch's Tale, more from the horror, and all the Relic Radio podcasts at relicradio.com. You'll find our Shoutcast stream up and running there as well. Lots to listen to, all for free. 
Thanks to your support. Like to help out, visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of those links on the website. You are how all of this is made possible. Thank you to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me this week. Be back next Saturday with another episode of The Horror. Thank you.